0: Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Mimi Bouchard, founder and CEO of Superhuman, an incredible meditation app. Mimi is a thought leader sharing her expertise in the health and wellness space, focusing her practice and teachings on motivation, success, personal development, and relationships. She has truly pioneered a new type of meditation, helping others to live in alignment with their truest selves. In this episode, Mimi shares so many incredible tools and tips for creating the life that you want. She talks about how to shift your mindset, using visualization to achieve your ideal life, habits for a better state of mind, and reminds us that we are 100% in control of the outcome of our lives. I absolutely love this conversation and use her app all the time. Her meditations instantly put me in a positive mood. Keep listening to Brighten Up Your Day with Mimi. Mimi, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. As I was just saying, I was introduced to you just a couple of months ago. I don't know what took so long, but I have really been incorporating your meditations throughout my day, and it's already made me feel better. So I'm so happy to have you. have <laughs> such incredible energy and positivity, and I just know our community is going to love to hear from you today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for having me. I'm so excited to be on and to chat with you and to meet you in person. Well, I guess not person, over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, I've loved your products forever, and um, I think just our brands are very aligned, and what we do is very aligned. We're all about wellness and just enhancing people's lives. So thank you so much for having me on. I can't wait to meet your audience.
0: Wonderful. Well, would love to really start with your personal wellness journey that got you where you are today. I'm sure that you weren't always this. I don't I guess happy and energetic and certainly had a transformational part in your lifetime so would love to kind of start at the beginning of how you went through your your journey
1: yeah you know it's a long long answer so i'm going to try to elevator pitch it so i've been through a whole lot of personal development in my life i started very young my mom gave me my first personal growth book when i was Seventeen, I think, and uh, it was Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So it's kind of like for anyone that doesn't know that book, it's kind of like the one of the first real personal development books before it became cool. And it is just like loads of principles to to follow to live a successful life. And I oh, how did your time with your mom? I love that. Too. Oh yeah, she was obsessed for for years. So it's been luckily it was in my household when I was young, and uh, I've always really just been magnetized towards it for some reason and maybe it did stem from me not feeling great about myself especially in my teenage years i kind of lost myself from the ages of like when 12 to 17 18 i would say i just had a lot of depression and anxiety and eating issues and just a lot of dark stuff in those years and i try to think about why that happened and i think that happens to a lot of people in their teens but I especially feel like I was impacted from the mental health problems when I was that age. And maybe that that's why I was just so, like I said, magnetized towards this work. And then I also just always had a deep feeling deep in my gut that there was more for everyone um, out there. So more for me as well. And I always just thought I didn't want to live a, an average existence and I wanted to feel life to its fullest. So I was hungry for this type of content, this type of content that told me you can do anything you want. You just need to do all these things to get there and work on yourself and work on your own personal growth. So I became totally obsessed and uh I, you know, I went to university for a year, ended up dropping out to start my online magazine and like I never was really, really university school kind of girl. Um <laughs> and I moved to London. And and where did was, you like, grow up? Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, I grew up in Toronto. Okay. I am a Canadian. I, I left though when I was like 18, 19. I, I moved to London. I haven't lived in Canada since. So, yeah, I moved to London kind of on a whim, just trying to figure myself out. I was super broke when I got there. London was so expensive. So, I was working like four jobs, trying to make my online magazine blog work while like interning at a fashion uh, company and Working at a juice bar and babysitting for this Italian family, like I was kind of trying to do it all to make ends. You were hustling at a young age. I was always a hustler. Yeah, like even in uh, in high school, I worked at a clothing store and I was like managing it at sixteen. Like I've always been good work ethic. It's always been part of my DNA. But again, that's that might just be my self image, what I've imposed on myself. Mm. So I truly believe that anybody out there can create whatever life they want for themselves and to get there is to change your self-image. That's kind of like the basis of my work. It, it's all rooted in the self-image, how you see yourself. And I, I really love to dive into that. So we can get into that when I finish my, my little biography. So um, yeah, so then I moved to London. I ended up going on a TV show for a little bit there. Like I was trying to get into the TV world. There was, you know, trying to start my own TV show that failed and just like a lot of like trying everything, falling on my on my butt getting back on my feet and trying something else. It was a lot of exploratory moments for me. and then fast forward, I'm now 25, almost 26 and uh, I live in the Bahamas with my boyfriend. I've been here for two years. I lived in London for five, six years and then we moved here when the pandemic started and I have my own uh, meditation app. So all that personal development kind of funneled into self-improvement audio that I would record for myself on my voice memos on my phone back in the day. And then when I launched my subscription platform uh, for my audience online a couple of years ago, I added some meditations and people just started becoming obsessed because they're so different to anything else out there. And then I decided to pivot the whole brand uh, and company to just do meditations. So long story short, that's a little bit about me and how I kind of got into Vince's business, this world, and things can happen fast. That's something else I tell people, your life can change very quickly. I've lived a lot of life in the past, you know, seven years and it's it's just you can do it. <laughs> it doesn't need to take long,
0: yeah. that's incredible. The journey that you've been on at such a young age already. and I think cer- certainly it sounds like your mom's giving you that book at that pivotal age was such a an important factor in your journey. So yeah. let's first start with superhuman. Talk about like what is different because it's very different meditations than I've ever done. And personally, like I love that. I have a hard time sitting still, like I'm sure a lot of people do. And like the idea of like sitting and meditating is hard. It's hard for so many people. And so I love that it really resonates and incorporates into your life. And I can be doing the dishes. I can be walking and all of that comes together. So I'd love to hear it from you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that you say that because... I actually used to be the kind of person that says, I can't meditate. My brain works too quickly. It's too boring. At the end of the the day, after a long, hard day, the last thing I want to do is sit down and like do like instructional breathing meditation and like learn and, you know, like I just want to relax and just feel good. So I used to say that and I tried all the other apps before and I just, I used to say, I'm not the kind of person I can meditate. So I started, like I mentioned, like recording these little motivational audios for myself and my voice memos and started creating these meditations that you could do while moving, while doing everyday activities. You don't necessarily need to be sitting down. We have seated meditations on the app for sure, but we have 13 other categories from walking meditations to cooking meditations to grocery shopping meditations to like getting ready meditations to everything. We have everything you can think of and we're always having more. So my theory behind this though, was that meditation does not need to be overly spiritual it does not need to be boring it does not need to make you OM. Um, it doesn't it can be just pieces of audio that make you feel good and for me that's the definition of meditation and listen I might be totally butchering it because a lot of people might think oh no meditation is this specific thing but I have pioneered a new type of meditation for people that traditionally or don't like the traditional sense for me just like you I I get bored easily. I, I like to just feel energized and motivated and clear-minded. That's like my intention with everything I do. I like to feel alive. And these meditations are all designed to make you feel that way. Of course, we have nighttime meditations to calm you down after a long day, but none of them make you think of nothing. None of my meditations are telling you to clear your mind. It's just trying to instruct you to think about what you want in your life, how to condition your mind to start feeling different and thinking different and believing different throughout your day. And there's actually science that backs this whole method that I've created. It's kind of like, you know, the Pavlov dog theory where like Pavlov brings the bell and the dog salivates. I use that theory with my meditations because your eyes are open and not asking you to change a behavior and sit down for 20 minutes in the morning and do a meditation seated. You're You're listening to this conditioning audio in the background of your life while you're walking to work in the morning, while you're getting ready for bed, just in these little moments of your life. So it's just like that Pavlov's dog theory. If you are doing a walking meditation every time you walk to the bus stop in the morning, 10 minute walk, to 10 minute walking meditation. Soon enough, you're not going to need that meditation to feel confident, clear-minded, excited about life, alive, focused. Like you're not going to need that anymore because you've been conditioned that, oh, when I walk to the bus stop, that means I feel this way. So it's like, I just trying to figure out the way that I could make meditation incredibly effective while also just being really easy to do and fun and energizing as well. Like just it's, it's basically self-improven audio you can listen to at any time of your day. And it really does change your life in massive, massive ways. So yeah, that's kind of been about the product and it's done incredibly well. We've Uh, Really just started considering, you know, outside marketing because it's all been word of mouth up to this point. We've grown super fast, over 10,000 people on the app. And that's just all been word of mouth. So people are talking about it. They're obsessed with it. They're they're diehard fans. You know, uh, so many people share how many meditations they've completed on on the tracker, on the app, how many minutes they've meditated. It's like thousands of minutes. And it's just so cool to see such a buzz around it. So, yeah,
0: I'm really congratulations. Thank you. It is, it is really cool. And I think after you start doing it, you just, you want to do more because it's, yeah. it's, I mean, almost like, I don't want to say it's like a drug, but a drug in, the <laughs> yeah, sense of, in a good way, in a good way in that, you know, that you feel really good after doing it and it lifts your spirit. So I'd love to talk about that because certainly as you start to go in, like, it's all about changing the mindset. And so I think that piece is so important. And as, as, maybe even take a step back to think about for you and for so many people in their teenage years, like struggling. Right. And if you could go back and say like, how could I have fixed that or felt better in that age? What would you say? And, and I think that can apply for everybody, but.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's such a hard thing to, you know, I often, I look back all the time and I'm like, what if, that's kind of a downfall of mine. I always think what if, and. I I think if I could go back in time and just talk to 13 year old, maybe going through her crap, I I would just say like, what kind of person do you want to be? And just getting clarity on who I want to be, what I want and what kind of person has what I want. So this is the biggest thing. If you want a certain type of life, you can't feel bad about not having it. If you're not willing to figure out what kind of person gets to live that life. the, The easiest way to get what you want in anything, in any area is to become the kind of person that has it. And then naturally you're going to start doing those things and being that person and creating that in your life. I think that's like my quite unique approach to quote, the law of attraction, energetics, manifestation. You know, like I said, the app's not very spiritual. We don't really like go into too much energy stuff a little bit, but because I I do believe in it, but my way, my more pragmatic approach is to get you to figure out who your quote future self, higher self, best self, whatever you want to call her or him is and just step into that. Get familiar with how it feels to be that person and then step into it. And then the meditations condition you to step into it. So you understand how, that version of you would act when grocery shopping, how that version of you would act right before bed, falling asleep, kind of priming the mind to think a certain way. Change does not need to be complicated. Change does not need to be hard. And I fought myself for almost a decade trying to change by hating myself and thinking it was so freaking hard. And then I realized it doesn't need to be hard. I can just start tweaking little things little you know dials that make a huge impact when you zoom out so that's I think what I would say to her I would say listen just become the kind of person you want to be to have what you want and that kind of person is confident and you know you just stop think caring about what these people are saying to you or you no know, when I was really young I was bullied so I kind of have like a trauma from that and you know when you're a teenager, kids, you know, people can be mean and things can happen and you never feel good enough, especially as a woman, like we're just indoctrinated with, with media. And, and, you know, back then we didn't, Instagram wasn't a huge thing, but like, we still had a lot of that. So it was tough. And I think even now it's probably even harder. So just like figuring it out and spending time with yourself. And this is the biggest thing is like, just get familiar with being your own best friend.
0: So there's so many tips I could say, but those are some of them. I love those. I think it sounds, it can sound like daunting, but I think like really breaking it down of what are those little things? because so when you think of like the big, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z and whatever it is, if it's, if it's changing something in your personal space or a new job or whatever those shifts are, they do feel daunting, but it's always about like breaking it into those small steps to not make it feel overwhelming. So if you could dive into a little bit of like, what are those, when you said those little transformations what those turning the dial, what were some of those things that have helped for you and that you've seen work for others? For
1: sure. First of all, it's a mindset thing. And I know it's easier said than done. It's reminding yourself of who you want to be. So first getting crystal clear with any change. And I'm a big journaler. I love to write. Every morning I write and I can write whatever is on my mind. Um, you know, and if you're not a big journaler, we have writing meditations on Superhuman, So it's prompted amazing journaling sessions with cool music and, and just kind of gets you into that flow. but it's all guided. So that's super helpful. But I think getting clarity by writing it down is a big tip. And then just these little micro habits that you bring on throughout your day to remind you of who you want to be. So whether that's doing a meditation when you're cooking dinner at night, just having it on in the background. We have amazing like jazzy cooking meditations that just make you feel really good. Just like up-leveling your state in any way, shape or form you can after getting that clarity of what you want. So then when you're up-leveling, you can align yourself with that feeling of what you want. But the number one thing is getting clear. I think that's, that's one thing that no one really has these days. Like we need clarity, get crystal clear. It feels so good to be clear. So journaling is a Big one when it comes to that. Otherwise, you know, waking up early, doing a morning routine, I've always been a huge advocate uh, for a morning routine. It really just sets up your day. And I always say, your mornings create your days, your days create your weeks, your weeks then create your months, and your months become your years, and your years become your life. So that's how big your mornings have when it comes to impact. So just designing a morning routine that sets you up to feel like your best self, I think it's. That's a no-brainer. But those are the ones that have really helped for me significantly.
0: Okay. So two questions from that. One, what is your exact morning routine look like?
1: Yeah. So I kind of go with the flow these days. I've been very much so intuitive with it. I used to be very structured and regimented. Now it's like, okay, I'm waking up. What do I intuitively feel this morning? I did like a 30 minute yoga session on my balcony. So I really needed that. And then I did my meditation and then I journaled. So That can take in you know forty five minutes to an hour, but if I needed a really short morning routine, if I had an early morning or I'm going to a meeting or a flight, then it will be a bit shorter. So I'll wake up and I'll have, let's say, I'll have a coffee with my journal out and I'll write maybe half a page of like how I want today to go, and then I can do like a meditation while getting ready quickly for my day. So it's it really is a little bit more fluid than it used to be, and I like it that way. I think being a bit more in tune with what I need lately has been something that has benefited me.
0: Do you also have a night routine?
1: Uh, a bit less so. Uh, I'm definitely trying to work on it. Uh, lately, I've just been watching TV with my boyfriend and falling asleep on what have you got Anything fun? Okay, well, during the week, we actually more so watch like educational YouTube videos. So that's like, okay, I think in my mind, oh, it's not. It's not bad to watch TV right before bed if I'm right. learning about investing, but it's like, it's still a TV. It's still blue light screen time. So in a perfect world, I'm going to read a romance novel before bed and do a good night meditation drift off to sleep. But that realistically, you know, after a really long day, sometimes I just don't feel like it. Um, and, and I rebel and that's okay. You know, I'm just allowing myself to do what I need to at the moment. And on the weekends we definitely watch. Well, can be very embarrassed if I said this right now, but uh, vampire diaries is what we're rewatching right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's the vibe.
0: <laughs> but I like it. Well, I do like personally, like I'm a big morning routine person and sometimes I find that like come midday afternoon, I don't feel as good as I feel like I'm A, I'm a morning person and then B doing all that stuff in the morning. You feel great. And so I did just start doing your walking meditations in the afternoon when I'm taking my dog for a walk. I'm like, this is such a nice way to like remind myself how I found in the morning and bring that back in. So I'm trying to have a like mid afternoon kind of routine.
1: That's so clever. I actually went through a phase a year ago where I did a walking meditation every single afternoon for three months. <laughs> like yeah, I did like a competition with my, or like a challenge with myself. Yeah. And it would change. It changed my mindset. And like my days were amazing. I'm like, I have to get back into that because it's like fresh air movement and guided uh, walking meditation all together that are like energizing and feel good like that combination. Say so good it's amazing. You, you should be proud of yourself for doing that because that's it's it's so hard in the moment. To be, oh, I'm gonna have to get up and go on a walk. And when you do it, it's always the, the you know putting your shoes on the hardest,
0: and then you feel amazing after. Totally, you never regret going for a walk. Never. <laughs> yeah. Never. Okay. So back to my other question before, which was getting like setting the time to. Put intention be- behind like figuring out what you want. I guess is really the thing. And I yeah, I think so many people struggle to figure that out. And I I don't know if you like what tips other than doing the writing meditations to really take the time because I think that that's where like the rub is that we're so fast, we're moving so quickly that we just it's so easy to glaze over and just be in the day to day and not to really like, take your pick your head up to figure out what you want in life.
1: Yeah, we can totally go deeper. And I feel you like when you're living a comfortable life, it's easy not to try for more. And I've, I've been there too, you know, it's, it's difficult. So if you're lacking clarity, you need time with yourself to introspect. So what I did when I wanted to leave university and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I was not meant to be there and I wanted big things, but I just didn't know what that was. I bought an empty journal. I got loads of colored pens and scrapbooking stuff just to make it fun. And I locked myself in my dorm room that was like 300 square feet or less. It was like 200 square feet. I locked myself in there and I literally didn't leave until I figured it out. So it would took me probably four days of just like isolating myself and turning my phone off during the day and just spending time with me and my thoughts and pushing through that uncomfortable feeling of being alone and not having distraction. Doing this is so mentally challenging, but so rewarding because you get crystal clear. I often, every four or five months, I'll go on like a solo trip and I'll turn my phone off during the day. And I'll go somewhere last time I was in South Carolina, I just or, or yeah, I went to Charleston. South. I think that's South Carolina. Or Carolina. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, South Carolina, I always mix them up. So I went there and I just got, you know, I stayed in the cabin, and I just figured it out, because I was feeling unclear. And moments of solitude is what I would say if you need clarity. Um, and then also like, getting it out of you. You know, yes, of course, we have get clarity on what you want, <laughs> writing meditations designed for this. But Even if you don't do the writing meditation, just get a big journal. And on one side of the page, write things I'm good at. And on the other side of the page, write things I'm not good at. And then just write down your strengths and weaknesses and figure out, okay, this, when it comes to career clarity, it's like, that's what I did, figure out what I wanted to do. And I just started like figuring it out. And then you're going to also have to know that taking action really helps too, because as much as we want to sit down and like pre-plan our lives in writing, it's, you just have to get in there and get your, hands dirty and like try a bunch of different things um that will then kind of pivot you into different directions but that's my tip is is you need to go through the discomfort of
0: solitude I love that I love going on a sol- a similar trip too like that is awesome yeah so I'm curious to hear your thoughts and I'm sure it all kind of comes back to similar answer, but your thoughts to like the limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves and that as you're even talking about like, hey, what am I good at or not good at? And we say, we tell ourselves the story. How do we stop that story? The number
1: one tool I have for this is mental rehearsal. So when you visualize and you rehearse a situation unfolding in your mind, your brain then starts connecting in a different way afterwards so for example i used to struggle with binge eating one of the many things i used to struggle with so that was probably the most recent thing really it was probably three years ago that i kind of never did it anymore but the way that i feel of myself from that and i will you know preface this by saying of course you know seeking help if you have disordered eating is incredibly important for me, this is what worked for me, but you know, i will never devalue in-person, uh, you know, therapy. So, for me, what I did is I, I started doing these stop binging meditations that I also have on my platform. I made specifically for this. So, I would sit down, and this is just me telling, you know, explaining how I changed the habit because at the end of the day, binging is just a habit. Yeah, and just like getting home and watching TV for four hours and not doing anything, just like sleeping in every morning, just like not doing a morning routine, just like doing a morning routine, everything you do in your life, it's just a habit, right? So to change your habits, to change your beliefs, to change anything, you, you need to use mental rehearsal. I believe. So what I would do in these meditations, and you can self-guide them as well, if you don't use my app, you can simply get yourself into a state where you're feeling very in the moment. And then walk yourself through the experience happening and then choosing differently. So for binge eating, for example, I'd close my eyes, I'd, you know, do this guided meditation that put me into a mental state of like having that feeling right before binge, whether it's deep insecurity or discomfort with things happening in my life or not feeling in control of my life or feeling anxiety, whatever would trigger that for me. I would feel that feeling of wanting to binge. I would try, I'd be like, what does it feel like? Remember what it feels like right before a binge. And then I would visualize myself walking to the kitchen and like feel every moment in it. You know, the what it feels like the hardwood floor beneath my feet, what, you know, the kitchen feels like the environment. And then I would choose differently. I'd get a glass of water connect with myself and think, am I, I just ate dinner. I'm, i know I'm not physically hungry. So this is an emotional eating thing. What can I do for myself right now? I'm going to choose different. And in that visualization, I would literally see how my brain would think. And I chose different. I'm like, you know what? I don't like, I don't want to do this. I don't like how this makes me feel. And I would choose different. And I'd replay that in my mind so much so that when the actual situation occurred, where I'd feel that, that need, and I felt out of control, I just I started to start seeing two roads instead of just one funnel minded. It was like two roads I could go down. And it started appearing because I would convince like my the neuropaths and my brain were starting to be, you know, connected differently. So then I just started choosing different. And of course it didn't just happen after the first meditation. You have to keep trying and it's not like an easy fix, but it it really works. So to answer your question, mental
0: rehearsal. It's a Huge great tip. So what were some of the things for you in that instant that really helped you? What did you choose differently that you did feel better? And you're like, I don't feel good if I'm gonna binge, but I'm it's gonna feel good if I take a bath or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just it became an identity thing. I, I know replacing one habit with another is a good way of changing it, but for me, I don't really can't really remember a habit I changed it with. I think it was more my identity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not the kind of person that binges. Just like if I'm offered a cigarette, I I say, no, I'm not a smoker. Thanks. If I, if I was a smoker, I was struggling to quit and someone offered me a cigarette. I'd be like, oh, I'm trying to quit. No. no. Why don't you say I'm not a smoker. It's just not who I am. Right. So it's kind of that it's all about identity and self-image for me. So I'm the kind of person, I have these deep beliefs about myself that have manifested into reality because it's just who I am and what I do. And some of those beliefs are, I don't binge eat. I, I eat until I feel very satisfied and I give myself whatever I want. I have no rules around food, but I don't like the feeling of being sickly full. And I don't, I don't, you know, go to food for any emotional reasons other than being connected with my family or joy and I, I don't have any negative association with food and I have to change for almost a decade I had eating issues and it just happened and it's because of this work and another belief I have is I'm just the kind of person that is successful I'm fully self-made I you know have supported myself since 17 and blessed my parents but I didn't, I wasn't raised with loads of money and I am self-made, and I've created this career for myself, and you know, earning seven figures a year because of something I created, and because I have a self-image of I'm a successful person. Whatever I do, I'm gonna I'm gonna be successful because just who it's who I am. That doesn't mean that I didn't have to try loads of different career paths and fail continuously, <laughs> and to try to make it work. But you know, I I did, and because I had the self-image of I'm a successful person, that's. That's just what I ended up becoming because I'm the kind of person that, that, figures it out until I, I, cause I, I feel uncomfortable unless I'm in line with my self-image. Ed Milat, I don't know if you know who he is. He's super motivating. He, he has a theory that he kind of uses when it comes to identity and self-image. And I love how he explains it. It's like, think about a thermostat on your wall and if your uh, identity is like the thermostat and your success uh, level is at an 80, you know, if, you open the window and it gets cooler, like the heating is going to go on because that thermostat is set to 80. So like whatever outside circumstances happen, it's going to do everything. It's hard to get back to the base point of your identity, right? So if your uh, relationship is at like a 40, then you're going to do, it's going to do everything it can to keep it at a 40. Uh, so I love that kind of example because it really does share truth. Like if yeah. I won the lottery, this is why so many people who win the lottery lose all their money. Cause they don't see themselves as rich. So they just spend it all. And then they like, they're like, "We, I have no money anymore. And it's like, yeah, cause you don't see yourself as a rich person. <laughs> so you don't like to keep it. You know, it's like a subconscious thing. Sure. So, you know, it's the same thing. If someone's like, oh, like I'm, you know, I can't lose weight or whatever. It's like, just what, like, that, cause your identity is someone that, that wants to stay a certain way. Right. So you can apply it to anything.
0: I love that. That's really helpful tool for people to take away. So curious, I know you just said that you don't have any rules around food, but curious to hear what your daily routine is, some of your favorites to feel your best, because it's all about how can you feel like your absolute best?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I do love health and I love treating my body right. So like just feeding myself in a beautiful way, I think that's like respectful to myself. That's a belief. So I do eat very good food, uh, good, high quality food. It's really just like whatever I feel like these, these days because I didn't have a, an amazing relationship with food back in the day. I now just allow myself, like there's nothing necessarily off limits. I do feel better when I'm eating lower gluten uh, diet. <laughs> I do feel better when I'm eating a bit less sugar and a little bit more protein, like balance my blood sugar. I do know I feel better eating that way. But then-
0: What's like your perfect, not your perfect, but like the most beautiful day of breakfast, lunch and dinner that you're, I would feel amazing from this day and this would be the best.
1: Okay. Uh, A green smoothie in the morning. I I don't have coffee every morning, but if I like something I love is a coffee with a really delicious thick oat milk and some maple syrup and it's like an oat maple latte. So I love making that. Maybe a green smoothie, or if it's a Sunday, I'll have your pancakes. Ten and I make your pancakes every single Sunday. <laughs> He's obsessed with bulking right now. So we eat the protein ones and they're so good. I just we both love them so much. And it's a thank Sunday you. ritual. No, honestly, thank you, thank it's you. every single Sunday. And people listening, I buy them. I'm not like this is something that I would do it if we didn't know each other. Like this is we we eat the pancakes every Sunday. And then, you know, I got back from Canada on Saturday the next morning I was like waking up and I'm like groggy and he's like pancakes. I'm like, I literally didn't <laughs> <cut> back. Okay. <laughs> I'll make them. So that's definitely something we love, love to eat. And then for, for lunch, you know, I'll have, and make sourdough. I'll that bread. So for lunch today, I had uh, a big piece of sourdough with two fried organic pasture raised eggs and some like tomato tempeh thing. It was really delicious. And yeah, and then for dinner, I'll make us like these nourish bowls sometimes. Like if I feel, you know, like for a nice nourishing meal, like, you know, lentils and maybe some chicken and tahini sauce and sauteed kale and kind of make a bowl. Or we'll have pasta, but I'll try to kind of go for like rice pasta or making pasta because gluten doesn't really sit well with me. Like I can have it, but it's not my favorite. That's friend, my stomach. And then I'll have some dark chocolate at night. But yeah, or I'll have like some yogurt and granola and berries in the morning. Like I'm, I'm just, I go with the flow these days. And, you know, last night we went for dinner and we had an amazing kind of like Asian meal. And yeah, and I felt fine the next day. I think the energy of how you eat, like, or the mindset that you're in when you eat has a huge impact on how your body reacts to the food. I've I've learned, I used to tell myself, I'm gluten intolerant. I'm gluten intolerant. I can't eat gluten because I was like scared of eating carbs. And then I realized like, actually I'm not intolerant. I can eat it. It just doesn't make me feel on top of the world, but I'm not going to like, I used to cramp. My stomach used to float like crazy when I ate gluten. And it, I think it was because my mind, honestly, because now I don't, I just don't feel amazing, but I
0: don't feel crappy. So that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the energies of food is, really amazing to see and that total shift that just changing one thing in your diet can do right yeah and the idea of being free because I think so many people struggle with that and to have that freedom is becomes a really amazing place to be yeah absolutely
1: I couldn't agree more I know we're not I'm not interviewing you right now when you come on my podcast we're going to talk all the way you eat and your experience food I'm curious like so what kind of what 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 your what of your products do you like what's your top three products of yours out of curiosity
0: I would say I've been on a real oatmeal kick right now but um our original granola is like my OG go-to and then we're coming out with a new oatmeal so I've been eating like a ton of oatmeal as overnight oats Mm. which is really yummy and delicious and then our pancakes on the weekend is just like heaven so good so good but I'm very similar in the sense of not having I mean I say like it's an 80-20 rule but yeah I I mean I'm not calculating anything so it's really just that like freedom of listening to what my body wants and allowing myself to eat a pizza if I want a piece of pizza but it's going to be like great pizza and not and something that I know I'm going to feel good about eating
1: yeah and there's such a misconception like when I was terrified to start eating intuitively because I was like couldn't release the control I thought that I was going to gain like 30 pounds at the moment I allowed myself to eat whatever I wanted I looked the exact same I'm just yeah. not obsessed with food anymore like it's crazy I wish I could tell myself Mimi not that you know it's all about this but it's like you're you're gonna like your body is gonna do exactly what it needs to do and it didn't you know I it, I had such a irrational fear around like okay if I lack of control then things that I don't want are gonna happen and it's like no just be in it slow you know yeah
0: as you were just saying lack of control I do love how you say like you are in control of your life, and I think that that's a really important message that is great for all of us to be reminded yeah. of, Like we can control that, we can control the outcome, and all of these things really leading up. You know, is a great reminder.
1: Yeah the the first chapter in that book, that first personal growth book that I read, the success principles. The first chapter is you are one hundred percent responsible for your life and when I first read that chapter I was like victim mode I'm like you don't know what like you like uh, this person did this and because of this then I can't do this and it was so interesting to see the evolution that I've now had since like embodying that principle because now it's like a no-brainer it's like everyone you're responsible for your life and someone that has had the exact same circumstance as you ha- out there has created an epic life for themselves. And it's possible. So I think like just empower yourself with that thought and knowing that luck is created by taking action. It's very rare for someone to be lucky and to have this amazing life. Like it takes a lot of work and it's worth it. But getting out of that victim mentality I'm like looking for outside reasons why you cannot be successful, I think that's the biggest detriment to your potential. And the moment that you realize that you are 100% responsible for what you create in this world, no matter where you came from, I think it's the moment that you are empowered enough to actually make it happen. Because it all goes down to your beliefs and identity, right? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If it's like, Oh no, because I wasn't raised with money, then I can't have this. I don't have these opportunities. I moved to a whole different country at 18 and I didn't know anyone. I created the the first two years I was there. I had a huge network of contacts to help me with my growth and my my career with my life. And it's because I actually took action on it. I created my luck with, with just putting myself out there. When I was sitting at the juice bar in the morning, working one of my four jobs, I would be on Instagram and copy and pasting the same message to every single person that I Googled that would come up relating to the TV industry in London because I wanted to get into TV. So I'd message hundreds of people a day and (laughs) I got one answer out of hundreds and that person brought me my first event and then I met people from there. And it's like consistent hard work on that front. And I have no doubt that if someone has that mentality of like, I'm just this kind of person and it's a matter of time for something good to happen to me. That's what they're going to create if that person is a victim. And they're like, oh, because of X, Y, and Z, I can't do anything in my life. I'm a victim. Then that's also what they're going to create. So self-fulfilling prophecy either way.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think the point of you're in control of your life, you can create anything, but it's hard work. Like, there's no denying. Oh, yeah. It is putting in the time. And I mean, case in yeah. point, you're copying and pasting your DMs, like. You got to, you got to work for what you want. Yeah, no, totally. So curious to hear, in addition to your morning routine, what are some of the other things, if any, in your day, what are some of the small things that you incorporate to feel your best? Like any kind of fun little tips that you do?
1: Okay. I'm just going to, I didn't read over any of these questions, by the way. So I like to kind of freestyle. Um, i just start randomly things. in make me feel good through my day. Obviously, you know, I'm not trying to sell my app like a crazy woman here, but I
0: do my meditations every day. And I kind of. Just What's your favorite of your, if you could only keep one meditation for the rest of your life of yours, what would it be?
1: You know how hard this is because we release a new meditation every day. So every week I have a favorite.
0: Or maybe like cat of okay. categories because okay. that'd be really okay. hard.
1: No, my current favorite is "You Are Limitless." It's a seated meditation that I also listen to when I'm walking. You can kind of interchange them. It's so inspiring. You are limitless, and it just like the mix of the music with the words. It really just elevates everything. So I think that one's my favorite right now. And I'll listen to them like well, I have categories, obviously for each, but they are all interchangeable. Like. You can listen to a chillin meditation when you're working out. You can listen to, see the meditation when you're getting ready in the morning. Like I kind of interchange them, but obviously we have categories to help guide people. How so yeah, I listen? Yeah. how Sorry. Before
0: hopping onto that, <gasps> how long does it take you to put together your your meditations that you're recording? Like, does it just come to you, or yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah?
1: So I'll batch them. So like, uh, I'm actually due to do a new batch later today or tomorrow. I'll probably do like five or six at a time. We release one new one every day of the week. So, you know, my audio engineer spends two to three to four hours on each, depending on how long they are. So it definitely takes a good, you know, I'd say like four or five hours per meditation. And we're f- trying to figure out ways to to automate things more. But yeah, it takes a long time. They're very high quality. I, we only use the best of, of the best. And It's, that's, it's the luxury meditation app. So, you know, we put the work in, but yeah, I batch them. So it's easier for me. So twice a week or something, I'll batch the content. I was just traveling for two weeks. I batched loads of content before I left. So now I'm back home with my recording equipment. So I have to batch some more, but
0: yeah. How long does it take you to write them though? Oh, so I just freeze. Or just like
1: cuts to you? It's, it's a flow thing. I need to be in a good state of mind to do them, like I need to be in that mode. Uh, so if I'm having a bad day, like I often, well, I, if I'm set to record, like I put it off till the next day. because so it's really important for me to be super conscious, like in that meditative vibe. But yeah, it just comes to me and I have a list of ones that I've been planning to record or to get recommendations from our community, but it really is sit down, okay, what, what can we do? Yeah. Cool,
0: but now, sorry, back to the small things you do. So you always meditate,
1: yeah. And listen, like, even if I don't sit down, because obviously the seated meditations and your full focus is on the meditation does generate, you, you know, that those in the walking meditations are the most powerful, I think. But if I am just feeling rebellious, and like I don't want to sit down and do it, which also happens often, I'll just put them on in the background and I'll, I don't have to do anything, just listen to them, you know? So I'll do that. Um, trying to get some movement, into my day, like some sort of Pilates or yoga or walk. I don't do it every single day, but I try. It makes me feel a lot better. Another weird thing that always boosts how I feel is like having a really long hot shower and like washing my hair and using all my favorite skincare products and dry brushing and doing my lymphatic drainage paddle in my body after and like rubbing beautiful oils. And like I just self-care and slowing down always kind of resets the mood for me.
0: What's your favorite skincare product? You have great skin, by the way.
1: Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. So I kind of go through phases of many different types, but right now my good friend, Victoria Radford, who owns Radford, it's a Canadian skincare company. They have studios and a full line of products. She's been giving me some testers for some of their new things launching. So I've been using one of those States products that is that there's are so too. I've been loving it. And then also I love to like use tools that like, I don't know if they actually work or not, but I like them like the new face, like the electromagnetic yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I just, I like to use that. I, you know, I like to use my wash. I, I use like the Wildling, Wildling Beauty Body Tool, the Della Heart Lymphatic Paddle. I'll just use like random body creams and oil. It's such a smell good. Jojoba oil is a good one for body. And then for face though, so I, I always, um Well, not always, but three times a week, I'll use like an uh, active exfoliator as a mask and I'll just like leave it on. There's amazing one from Radford. It's called Buffs and it's like a face wash, but it has like, it's like an exfoliating one, but I just like leave it on because it's active. So I just leave it on for like 20 minutes and then I wash it off. Um... After so, like doing some sort of enzyme three times a week really helps because my skin, yes, it looks perfect right now. I'm also wearing makeup, but it's not actually perfect. Um, when I'm not wearing makeup, I have quite red skin and little bumps sometimes. So, the active enzyme really helps with my bumps. So, I'll do that. And then, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, I use my dice and air wrap. So, yes, everyone listening is going to roll their eyes. It's a thing. I need to get
0: one of those.
1: No, Elizabeth, I'm telling you, it changed my life and i wish i got it for free Once Dyson sent me a hair dryer back in the day but i've asked them twice <laughs> <laughs> i never got a response so whatever i bought it and um i took a long time to you know suck it up mics it it's so expensive and yeah. i'm like why would i need it for a hair like i have all the hair stuff i need but i bought it and i'm like wow like it it feels like getting a blowout and it takes like 12 minutes and uh, wow. i wish this was sponsored but it's not i just it's like, great <laughs> thank you so that's another beauty tip of mine what else makes me feel good though you know just hydrating drinking a lot of water limiting technology spending time outside i think nature is pretty underrated <laughs> these Boy. days you know yeah like just being outside and breathing that
0: helps <laughs> yeah those are all great ones to incorporate i think nature for sure it's like I, I feel so grateful to live so close to the mountains, and I take yeah. it for granted. And then it's the day yeah. that I get outside, I'm like, why am I not doing totally. that every day? That's what I'd say. Living by the beach, I'm like, I should go on more beach walk. Okay, right. like ever every day. There's no excuse. Like, yeah. No excuse. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna move on to some rapid fire Q and A. Great. What is your superpower?
1: I am a visionary and very creative. That's a superpower of mine, and I'm resilient. So creative and resilient.
0: What is either a favorite book, podcast for growth, other than the one that your mom gave you at the very beginning?
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Coming to mind right now, the 5am club by Robin Sharma. I want to reread it. because I read it a couple of years ago and it really just changed my perspective on a lot. I like how it's written too. It's kind of like a story. So it's easy to understand. And then also Dr.
0: Joe Senza Becoming Supernatural, that book, Game Changer. Yeah, his work's amazing. What's the best advice you've gotten in the last six months?
1: Don't take advice from someone that doesn't have what you want.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, don't take advice from someone that does not have what you want. And that's just simple. It's like I took advice from all these people growing up and I'm like, wait, you don't even have the life I want. Why am I listening to you?
0: Three random things that you're currently loving. Could be product, TV okay. channel, anything. Currently loving like
1: high quality gold jewelry. This is like, I don't know why. this It's taken me so long to actually appreciate high quality gold jewelry. I used to just buy like the crappy stuff that would, you know, expire tarnish. And, turn, and tarnish <laughs> and turn your fingers black, but. I I like the feeling of wearing expensive jewelry lately, and uh, that's. I and a particular I, favorite piece, ring uh, necklace. My grandma just gave me this ring when I was in Canada. It doesn't fit her anymore, and it's like a diamond gold. Oh wow, it's uh, beautiful. Yeah, love it. Had it made from like stones my grandfather gave her before he died, and funny enough, it only fits in my ring finger on my left hand because apparently my right ring finger is bigger than my left one, so. I'm wearing it on my wedding finger. So until I get proposed to, it's staying there. <laughs> so the other two though, so expensive gold jewelry. I know it sounds kind of, you know, bougie, but I just like the feeling of being in luxury. So I like having, you know, beautiful, high quality things on my body. Um, another two other products. I love the Dyson Air Airwrap as we were just talking about. That's a no brainer. Um. And then I really love this lip tint. It's I use it every single day and I have for a long time. It's by Radford, by one of my best friend's brands. And I use the mocha color and it's like a lip balm with color. And it's just like, it's the perfect tone for me. So the mocha lip tint from Radford is another one. Like those three things that just feel good when I use them or wear them. So that's just what's coming to mind
0: right now. Great. What do you want more of in your life? Ooh, structure. Yeah, structure. What do you want less of?
1: I don't want to say sensitivity because I love my sensitivity, but it would be nice to understand how to rein in my emotions sometimes because I'm very hypersensitive.
0: What is a meal that you'll never forget?
1: I had this grass fed filet mignon from the Chelsea Ivy restaurant in London on Kings road last summer. And it was after I did my, this big event to launch superhuman. And I was so busy all day. I like completely forgotten to eat. And after the event, my two friends, and then my boyfriend and I went for like a 9. PM dinner after this crazy long day. And I was so hungry. And on the menu was this like really high quality filet mignon with like peppercorn sauce and French fries. And I ordered it and I'm telling you, I don't know if it's because I like was so busy that day and like hadn't had a proper meal or because of how amazing the food actually tasted. But that meal, I'm always going to remember for the rest of my life, it was the best. I couldn't even speak. I was in just complete bliss eating it. And uh, yeah, that's what I'll say.
0: (laughs) Sounds amazing. And lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey?
1: Wow. Uh, Non-negotiable. Okay. Take 100% responsibility for your life. That's it. And I know I've said it before, but it's the core. It's everything. You can't have anything you want in life until you take responsibility for what you already created. I, I would say that. And then also, you know, learning, taking time every day to learn whatever it is, even if it's reading something that's not personal growth related, just like expanding your mind and growing
0: yeah love it well Mimi yeah. thank you so much for being on the podcast in closing is there anything we haven't touched on and what's next for you oh wow thank you so much for having me on I love
1: talking to you and this was such a fun episode I guess my final thought that I actually wanted to share during this conversation I like, completely forgot I was listening to a podcast the other day with Robin Sharma on Lewis Howe's podcast. And there was a quote that I actually reposted on my Instagram because I was like, oh my God, I needed to hear this. So I'm going to read it to you. Robin Sharma says, it's easier to behave yourself into a new way of thinking than to think yourself into a new way of acting. And I'm going to read that again if that wasn't clear. But basically, I'm just like obsessed with. This quote, it's easier to behave yourself into a new way of thinking than think yourself into a new way of acting. And I think, yeah, just like that's so powerful to think is often we just feel paralyzed because we want to start new habits, but it's like we are waiting to find the discipline and motivation. But that quote's so powerful because it's like you just have to do it, you have to act your way into a new way of thinking instead of just thinking your way into a new way of acting. So that just inspired me. So I wanted to share that. And then You know, just what I'm doing at the moment, superhuman, building my little empire and helping change lives. It's my mission. So we're just hiring and hiring right now for uh, the growth of the business and uh, continuing to up-level every area. So if you're listening and you want to check out my guided meditations, just go to the app store and type in superhuman or to get a free meditation, go to the website superhuman.app. So instead of .com, it's just .app. And you can check out loads uh, of stuff on there. And uh, we offer a 14-day free trial. So it's pretty much risk-free. We also offer money uh, back guarantees. So even if you do forget to unsubscribe, if you hate it and you pay, we will give you your money back because we're very, very, very convinced that you're going to love it. So yeah, it's, it's just very easy to do these meditations. They change your state and uh, it's risk-free. So I'd love to have you try them.
0: Wonderful. Mimi, thank you so much. And I love that quote and just go after changing and doing what you want. Love my Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.